Hello, I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. Thanks for joining us today. We have a special guest, one of our board members, Dr. Jen Gonzalez. Jen is going to be talking to us today about big talk, the opposite of small talk, which we're more used to. Today, she's going to elaborate on how big talk gets your students talking in a much deeper and more meaningful way. Thank you, Jen, who has her expertise in teaching English and has taught globally in Djibouti, Namibia, and Ethiopia, to name just a few places of her expertise. Thank you for joining us today, Jen. Welcome. What's your definition of big talk? All right. So really simply, uh, you know, when you go to a party or you meet some new people and the first thing they say, so how are you doing? How's the weather? How's life? You know, all of those pretty straightforward questions. Those are small talk. And we do a lot of teaching in English with English language learners around small talk, being able to answer those quick common questions. Like, where are you from? Unfortunately for me, those questions always cause a bit of anxiety. They're not as interesting to me. So I was so excited when I stumbled across this thing called Big Talk. And it was developed by Kalina Silverman, who was studying broadcast journalism. And since then, she's gone on. She's done like a TEDx talk. She actually did a Fulbright, uh, I think, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. She did a, She did do a Fulbright. Maybe it was in Bali. And she's developed this whole company and organization around this idea of big talk, which is asking bigger questions with deeper meanings. So, for example, one of my favorite ones is, um, what is your definition of success? You know, it's like, oh, well, I... Let me think about that a little bit and give you an actual answer uh, instead of just like, oh, it's fine or I'm from such and such place. You have to actually be able to reflect on your own beliefs and your own values and then give an answer to that. Uh, so in a nutshell, right, or just wrapping that up, Big Talk is about having deeper, more meaningful conversations and doing it in a way that's a little bit happens more quickly. So you can connect more easily um, and wade through all the small talk. <laughs> Great. And what type of course were you teaching when you started using small talk? So I actually, when I first started using big talk, um, I think I had been, this is, I found out about it, I think when I was in the Peace Corps, or it was right before that, when I was teaching uh, art teachers at the at a art college, a graduate art education program. But I really started applying it while I was in Peace Corps, while we were training new volunteers. And then uh, we received this wonderful grant opportunity from the State Department in Namibia that allowed us to train Peace Corps volunteers and teachers together. And we actually used Big Talk as an icebreaker for people to get to know each other. These were people that were going to be working together over a year long pilot program. And we wanted them to build some deeper connections with each other and feel more comfortable and maybe a little vulnerable with each other. So that was one of the first places that I started using Big Talk. Okay. 
And um, what are some other ways that you've used Big Talk in your classroom? So one way that I've used Big Talk is, as I said, with an icebreaker. And I pair that um, with actually inside outside circles. So a great cooperative teaching strategy there. And where you have two circles of people, one on the outside, one on the inside facing each other. And I usually, as the announcer of questions, will stand in the middle and it gets a little loud and a little chaotic sometimes, but we use hand signals such as sort of raise your hand to quiet people down in between questions. And then they have to quickly introduce themselves and I give the prompt of a question. Um, so it could be a question like, what would you do if tomorrow was your last day on earth? Uh, that is deep. That is deep, you know. Uh, so, it, I mean, they can be playful. They can be fun. They can be really serious. Uh, you could ask, you know, what was the last thing that you laughed really hard at? You know, and usually it leads to a story. And so once again, I love stories. And this is why I enjoy Big Talk. And I enjoy that person to person and seeing a little bit more of the humanness in each other, especially when we're working across cultures to kind of be able to have deeper conversations, I think is really impactful. It lets us make a, be more relatable to each other. So that's one way. Now, another way that I've done this is once again, when I was doing my dis virtual discussion groups with Ethiopia, I used Big Talk as our second activity usually in our discussion groups. So we'd start maybe with some VTS, that visual thinking strategies piece. And then we would move in and I would pose a Big Talk question and it would change each week. And what I found from the students' feedback is they really liked this because it gave them an opportunity to reflect on something that they may never have thought of before. And it requires also that you be an active listener and participant. So oftentimes with that small talk piece, we can be preoccupied. I'm not really that interested maybe in the answer, but when you're having a big talk discussion, you need to kind of listen in. You need to give that space for the people to respond and let them know that they're listening. And then there's always a great opportunity for follow-up questions because typically there's something that's funny that they've said, that's meaningful that they've said, that's profound that they've said, that sparks more curiosity in the listener as well. So as I said, I've used it with my discussion groups. I also used it as icebreakers for inside outside circles. Oh, great. And what challenges have you had when using Big Talk? So once again, when using Big Talk, they may not, English language learners may not understand all of the terms or the phrases that are in the question. So I've found that it's helpful sometimes to, one, check for understanding on that question. Say, how else can you say this question? How else would you ask this question? Um, I also think that uh, giving sometimes some examples that may be unexpected uh, are other possibilities as well. So you're just sort of scaffolding um, the learner's responses, especially if you're working with students that are 
not as advanced with their English language. And so you can also help them have some phrases that they could talk about with that. Um, and not having enough time. Because uh, people, when they're sharing their story, can get very invested in telling the whole part of their story and not, um, and not want to be interrupted. So knowing that this is maybe an activity that you need to give a little bit more time to for people to respond to. Yeah. And I'm also just going to throw out here, um, I haven't done this yet. But one thing that you could do also, if you're doing a writing activity or professional development with teachers or business people, is use some of these big talk questions as journal prompts as well. So yeah, be great. Yeah. You could also use it with Flipgrid and post it as a Flipgrid and they could post little video responses as well to each question. So yeah, there's a lot you could do to expand on that. Yeah, I like it. And I, I like, I think also that um, you were saying that you need time. I think because maybe mostly because the students have probably never thought about that question in English before and they need, they want to tell it. They're like, I want to tell this story and I have never thought about it before in, in any language maybe, but definitely in English and they need some time to really think about their answer. So um, it's great that you are noticing that you need to have extra time so that they can have those big conversations with you. Wait time is always important. And also thinking about the length of time. You're you're not asking for that quick response with that expected answer that you got when you were doing uh, specific grammar structures or smaller questions. So you, you have to plan for that as a teacher, that this is going to take some more time, but my students are going to get to use language in a much more meaningful and authentic way. And potentially in a way that fulfills them as well. Great. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add on BPOP? Well, there are some great tools out there. I will say that um, there is a deck of cards that you can purchase that are big talk cards and those can be found on Amazon. You can see lots of examples of big talk questions though. So don't feel like you have to go and buy them uh, because you could watch some of the videos of Kalina Silverman's work and see some of the questions that she's asking. Once again, always very important to keep culture in mind and evaluate the question that you're going to ask based on the cultural context that you're asking that question in. That's very important. Um, so if it's a culture that doesn't talk about death and there's and there are some questions that reference death, then those won't be appropriate in that context. So just kind of keeping that in mind is really important as well. To summarize Jen's teaching tips for how to use Big Talk. Using Big Talk can be used as an icebreaker to start off a class, get students talking, as journal prompts, giving your students extra time to write and reflect individually, even sharing their journal prompts after they've had that writing time, with inside-outside circles where they can face one another and rotate, having opportunities to chat with one another for timed conversations at your discretion. 
And Big Talk really enables your students to dialogue in more meaningful, deeper conversations, different from small talk, where they can talk about topics that are really of substance to them and helps you get to know your students and create a really uh, meaningful community within your classroom. Big Talk also allows authentic and meaningful use of language in ways that students can really communicate what is on their heart and minds that they want to utilize the language for and their real life outside the classroom as well. So remember as a teacher to give sufficient wait time. This is really important for Big Talk because oftentimes as Gina pointed out, when we have to think of these big questions that we might even not take so much time to think in our first language about these questions, how much longer it might take to think about your answers in another language. So please leave enough time for your student responses. Again, giving them time to write first often facilitates this wait time. You can find extra resources on the website, www.makebigtalk.com for more details. Stay tuned for Jen's workshop, Saturday, August 21st at noon Eastern Standard Time. We'd love you to join us for details, in-depth discussion on how to integrate Big Talk into your classroom. She'll give us more resources and give you the chance as educators to participate in the Big Talk. So please join Jen. Also, the end of this month, we have our TTELT talks every Saturday. The last Saturday of the month will be August 28th, either at noon and or 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, we're offering two time zones to capture all of our listeners around the world. 12 noon and or five o'clock. You're welcome to join both if you'd like, but please join one if possible. Saturday, August 28th, register for both the workshop and TTELT talks on our website ahead of time under the events tab. Thanks so much for joining us in this podcast. We hope you can join Jen's live workshop. Register on our webpage again, ttelt.org. Email us with any of your ideas, ttt, sorry, <laughs> tongue twister, tteltinfo at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.